Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. So this, but overall, they are remembering significant dates less than we do. Okay, but this is, I suppose, good news if you're a man and, and you're getting in trouble for forgetting things. Again, it's not your fault. This is a this is a condition. You have poor short term memory because you're just you just you you lost the genetic lottery and you came out as a man. I mean, I think you can use it to a certain degree, but not your anniversary. I mean, if you're if you're a married man or you're going to get married, I mean, you have fact, to kind of remember if that. If you have Facebook, Facebook reminds you all the time about people's anniversaries and birthdays. And if you have Google Calendar, you just bang that in. I suppose you don't really have any excuses anymore. You don't actually, to be fair. But um, I, I did see this happening actually recently with a friend of mine whose uh, partner surprised her with you know, happy anniversary thing three yeah. days before the anniversary. She was disgusted. He he was convinced it was whatever, the 18th of May, and it wasn't. So <laughs> I just, I don't know how you ex- explain that one. Obviously, um, you know, they kind of went on to say that men's brains are wired differently to women. So, you know, you excel at different tasks than we do. But I think memory is one thing that we excel in, especially things that we want to remember. We'll always remember it. Whereas... Or you don't, you don't like head. letting go of things. That's what it is. You hold on to things from years ago to use in an argument. Oh, yeah, 100%. Maybe that's to. it. Maybe we need to get a bit more spiteful. That could be it, improve our memories. Right, there you go. Uh, women have far better memories when it comes to things like that than men do. Uh, hello to Ian out in Malahide. What's the story? No rain in Malahide. It was sunny till about 9.45 this evening. Don't like that. And look at this. Sitting out, finishing a beer, listening to the show in Rush. Summer's night. No rain out in Rush. Not raining here in Baldoyle. That comes in from... Sabs was sorry, Sabs, no rain in Baldoyle. So it seems uh Baldoyle, Hoth, Malahide, Port Marnock, all up the, the, the north of Dublin there as well, right out to uh um Rush seems to be absolutely fine. Damn it. Yeah, weird. I, Very I was weird. down in Cabra at the shops and it was lovely out and drove home to the Navin Road and it was lashing. First time ever thinking, what the F? And I actually texted my friend to show her she was at the 17 shops, how bad it was at my house. Thank you for that, Grace. Yeah, literally, just, I imagine it was, what, less than a five-minute journey up and down, and you're like, in one place, absolutely lovely. And then five seconds later, you're like, oh, good God. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. No well, rain in Betty's town either. Staying clear for the most part, then. Maybe it's just and, your area. Yeah, maybe just Blanche at the moment. moment. Uh, not raining in Santry or Ballymun yet. Oh, that's mad, literally... Five minutes away. Uh, less than that, right? So, 
Again, there could be a bit, bit of thunder and lightning and it seems to be only affecting a certain parts of uh, certain parts of Dublin at the moment. Poor Barnick Malahai, Baldoyle, all seems fine. But uh, kind of blanch. I, we got a text in as well. Cabin Teely was apparently lashing as well. And just down the Navan Road was a bit bad. No rain in Kilkul. Beautiful day. Lads, what's going on? Okay, it's stopped here now anyway. So it stopped where I am. But, for uh, now. Be, you know, for now. That's right. It could be down. Um, could be down in the next few moments. Uh, anyway, so listen, let us know. You, you can to beam out Aaron for us this evening. Let us know the rain situation in your gaff. Any thunder and lightning, please let us know. Drop us a WhatsApp. On the way next, Control-Alt-Delete. What happened when researchers gave a load of sheep ketamine? They did this on purpose. That's on the way shortly. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Uh, the Room 104 podcast updated listen back to, back to the full shows uninterrupted get all of the individual interviews on their own as well uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify the usual places thanks to Matthew no rain out in Sandy Cove seems to be a lot of other places where it's lashing at the moment we'll get some updates on that in a few moments time now Room 104's Control Alt Delete and there is a few random stories very very strange weird stories this evening on Control Alt Delete it's a quick roundup of uh, the science and tech stories from all over the world that you mightn't have uh, come across because the only thing we're reporting on is coronavirus uh, at the moment so listen um, you, we'll, we'll get through these quickly I will tell you why researchers and scientists were giving ketamine to sheep but first first this evening yeah. a um, <laughs> speaking of coronavirus we'll start with this right uh, there are many ways that we know that uh, the coronavirus can spread, right? So there's obviously, you know, that's why you need to wash your hands because if you're touching various different things and touching your face, you can kind of get the virus that way and you can spread it that way. So that's why you're washing your hands. That's now why you're asked to, you know, wear your face masks on public transport, in shops and restaurants where, you know, when they open, when uh, you're kind of on top of people, it might be slightly harder to distance yourself properly, right? There is another way researchers have found that the virus is spreading and it's kind of disgusting, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier on when we were talking about Beijing being locked back down um, oh because no. of increasing cases. You're going to talk about something to do with your poop. It's to do with the toilets. Apparently, flushing your toilet can release uh, air or, or what they're calling a burp or a cloud of air into the toilet uh, and that contains the virus. And they're finding that flushing the toilet especially if you have the virus, is one of the ways in which the virus is spreading around bathrooms, getting on people and transmitted to loads of others. That's disgusting. disgusting. But like a lot of people do that, right? A lot of people bring their phones into the bathroom with them, yeah? And then yep. when they're doing everything they need to do, they might even put the phone down beside the toilet on the ground, then wash their hands yep. and then flush the toilet with the toilet lid open. <laughs> So where's all that water spraying on your phone? We well, see it's not even it's not even the spray of the water. It's just an air pocket gets released when you flush the toilet. Apparently, a pocket of air gets released uh, back up and gets pushed out from the toilet when the new water is coming in, and it pushes air out of the toilet. And within that air, coronavirus can attach to little water molecules and little particles and start its new journey when it flies around the toilet and might land on you if you don't wash your hands and then you might take it to someone else and you might touch your face, you might touch something else, you might pass it. So flushing the toilet, very easy solution to this is apparently to just drop the lid down when you're flushing the toilet. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple idea, but a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, I, I don't do it. No one does it. What, what do you mean you don't do it? You don't put the lid down? No, no. Oh, you have to do that. Oh, I always do it. That's well, rule number not, one. Just, that's like saying be, you don't wash your hands. Sure, I don't wash my hands. Why would you wash your hands? No, but that's, it's the same thing. No, I'm joking. I pour some wash my hands. You're spraying <clears throat> it all over the place. 
No, it's just up. It's left up. I'd never do it. You're in too much of a rush. Because I don't know if it's I just don't like touching the toilet. And it yeah, just it's don't want to touch it at all. But there you go. Flushing the toilet can spread the coronavirus around. So <clears throat> just uh, put the lid down. Job done. And uh, you should be, uh, you should be uh, a little bit better. Speaking of the lockdown as well, there's a new app. If you go on a kind of... Um, there's an app called Social Rhythms and it will track your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm obviously being the thing that controls when you're awake and when you're asleep. And uh, they're in the midst of trying to compile a lot of research to see how has lockdown completely changed your body clock. So uh, mine has gotten far, far worse than it's ever been. I think it's the worst it's ever been. I'm only falling asleep now like half four, five o'clock. The yeah. birds are out singing and it's bright as anything at four o'clock in the morning. It's kind of like, oh God. It's very hard. Like, I, the same, like, last night I went to bed at four, woke up at half one today. <laughs> Didn't get out of bed until nice. two. You know, it's, like, all over the place. So, yeah, I totally get that. And I think, obviously, we work late at night, but I'd usually be, a, like, asleep by kind of half one or two. So four yeah. o'clock is, is unusual for me, but it seems to be the norm for a lot of people. Yeah, so maybe <clears throat> your, your body clock's all over the place, stranger than what it would have been before. But if you want to kind of have an app to help you track it and help you maybe shift it back to more healthy patterns, for want of a better word, Social Rhythms, that's the app they should go check out, Social Rhythms. And they're kind of trying to find out how we're all responding and changing to um, lockdown restrictions when it comes to our, our body clock and different things like that. Okay, this next story is crazy. It involves spies spying oh, no. on people and counterintelligence and all those types of things. So many different ways that people can kind of spy and try and listen to what you're saying. The most famous ways you see from movies is when, you know, they put a wire on someone and they send them in and you have to try and get them to confess. They might bug the room. They might have little devices in the room, physically in the room. And then Edward Snowden came out and told us that they can just hack into your phone, that uh, you won't even know that your camera's on, the microphone's on, and it's recording the entire time. So obviously a hell of a lot of ways for people who want to hear what you're saying and to kind of spy on you, to spy on you. But now this way is insane. This is absolutely insane. And it's uh, a new way that Israeli researchers have found to find out what somebody is saying. And all you need is a telescope and a small little, uh, a small little device that costs less than $400. Apparently it's called an electro optical sensor. Um, and what they have found is that, once you can see inside the room, once there yeah. is a bulb inside the room, that by by looking at the vibrations from the bulb in the room, they can determine what people are saying inside the room. That's absolutely terrifying. Is that not illegal, though? Oh, no, it's all completely illegal. But here's what they're able to do. They're able to tell. So obviously when you're talking in a room, your voice will, you know, vibrate and reverberate off everything in the room. <clears throat> what they're able to do now is they've realized that your voice will basically vibrate against the light bulb in your room. And those vibrations will change the brightness of the light on like a tiny microscopic level. But if you have a telescope on one of these electro-optical sensors, basically a sensor to see how the light is changing in the room, they can determine what people are saying in the room. So you, your, your voice is hitting off a light bulb. The light bulb is changing and it's vibrating in a certain way. If you have a telescope that can look at it and a telescope that can link up to the sensor, they're able to determine, running a program off the back of it on a computer, what you're saying. Oh, my God. So you'd never be able to, like, you could sweep the room. Here's the thing. You could sweep the room and realize that there's no bugs in the room. But if, like, the window was open and there was a light on, 
Now, someone could be listening to everything that you're saying. I hate that idea. Because that's the one thing that you feel that people can't catch you on. You know, in a message or something, someone can save it and someone can have that there or a voice note or something, you know, that will be spread across WhatsApp or whatever. Whereas you would think when you're not on a phone and you're in person with somebody that you're kind of safe when there's no one else around. Yeah. Not anymore. Oh, never anymore, no. So this was done over in Israeli's Ben Gurion University uh, and the Wiseman Institute of Science. And let me just read this out so that they explain it slightly here. They say, by measuring the tiny changes in light output from the bulb that those vibrations from your voice cause, the researchers show that a spy can pick up sound clearly enough to discern the contents of conversation or even recognize a piece of music. So just absolutely mad. Absolutely mad that people are actually able to do that. So from a light, if you're having secret um, secret conversations with very sensitive information one of the main things that you should do is just make sure all the windows are closed because apparently if there's a light on in the room now they did say there's some limitations that um, obviously if it's behind a lampshade you obviously can't do this so you need to have a bulb that isn't covered by anything to be able to do this effectively um, but it's still obviously another another tool that the spies have to uh, get at what you're actually saying uh, this uh, second last one before we get on to ketamine sheep uh, th- this is mad right if you have uh, ADHD or you have a child with ADHD and uh, there might be uncertain treatments and certain programs to kind of manage that, um, for the first time ever, a computer game has been deemed a treatment slash medicine for children with ADHD. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's good. And I'd say that would be um, interesting for anybody that would, you know, need it, I guess, because it's a, it sounds fun. Before yeah, so to learn. It's the world's first ever... FDA-approved prescription video game. Wow. No, no, not, isn't it? I mean, you so always told... Is it just a regular... Um, obviously, it's specific, but is it done, done out like a kind of PlayStation game, or what is it? Yeah, it is. Uh, so it's for iPhone and iPad, and it's for kids between the ages of 8 and 12 years of age, um, and they studied this. Now, it was all... The company who did this, it was all their own study, but um, it looks just like a bright, colourful game, and it, it, there's, it, it apparently... It's obstacle-dodging, target-driven um, target driven things like that within the game and has an improvement on at least one aspect of the markers of the measures for, for ADHD. So um, they're obviously saying, you know, if you or your child has ADHD, you don't just throw out all of the other treatments and go, right, computer games it is. But this is the first time ever the FDA, who are obviously the approving body of the United States, has designated a game as a prescription video game and that it shows benefits to... And people between those ages, uh, if they play it for, they played it for 25 minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks. And it had improvements in uh, different markers when it came to studying um, studying ADHD and the, and the markers that lead to a diagnosis of ADHD. It's just Well, that's incredibly crazy. hopeful, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Love so, um, yeah, so there you go. That's good news. Our final story, what happened when researchers gave she... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ketamine. Um, they went mental. <laughs> not the official line. They're not the official line, uh, unfortunately, but yeah, close. Strange enough, right. Now, the first question you have to ask is, why were they giving sheep ketamine? It well, wasn't yeah, as true. If, yeah, it wasn't as if uh, sheep were going out to an illegal rave in Bray somewhere and were just like, let's just, let's go all out here. It wasn't that, of course. Uh, these researchers were looking into the impact that ketamine has on people with Huntington, Huntington's disease, which is a, a neurological uh, neurological disorder. So what they were doing is, apparently ketamine in medical fields is used for sedation and pain relief and different things like that. Um, also, which is interesting, it's starting to be used to treat depression and other mental health issues as well, starting in research. Again, if you have mental health issues, don't go out and start taking drugs. Not a good idea. No. Um, but they found, and this is where it gets crazy, right? Uh, sheeps, sometimes they test on animals, sometimes they ch- test certain drugs on sheep to see what the impact might be on humans a little bit later on. When they gave sheep ketamine, their brains turned off. What? So they were just mindless. So this was a study done in the University of Cambridge, a very established, obviously a very uh, credible university. And it wasn't that the brain activity was reduced. They hooked them up to all those EEG machines that measure brain activity in the brain. Uh, and they found that it wasn't reduced. Said um, Here's what they said. After the high dose of ketamine, the brains of these sheep completely stopped. We've never seen that before. And they're still alive. Yeah, because the a brain. few minutes later, they just came straight back on. And they said it was oh, kind of like resetting weird. the brain. Yeah. That's so weird. So it kind of took them out of their anxious state as such. It just turned it off. Weird. Now, I don't know if you classify as that being brain dead. It made them yeah. brain dead for a few moments and put them back on. But It sounds like it's brain, like that they were brain dead. Mm. Were, they, were they lying down? Were they restless? They must have been. It, it doesn't go into any of, the, any of the specific details about what happened to them physically. It just says, a few minutes later, their brains were functioning normally again. It was as if though, it was as though they had just been switched off and on. This is the, the person from this study. Well, that's quite I, interesting, isn't it? It's, it's really, really strange. So, again, they're trying to look at the biological impact and they're trying to study the, the biological impact ketamine might have on these genes when you're treating certain conditions that affect the brain, certain neurological conditions like Huntington's and schizophrenia. And then they just found, they weren't expecting to find this. Some, some of the sheep had the genes for Huntington's disease in sheep, right? So they had that gene, so they wanted to see what ketamine might or may not do. I just found it just turned the sheep's brain off. Bizarre. 
Very bizarre. Yeah. So apparently the disconnect is what they're saying now uh, has been referred to as the K-hole by recreational users of drugs. So people who use ketamine illegally and recreationally humans, not just sheep, will find they sometimes feel as if they're out of their body or their brain is completely disconnected or their head's disconnected from their body and it's a very, very weird experience. Um, But now they might have stumbled upon some of the biological processes involved in that. Ketamine shuts off sheep's brains. Fascinating. I'd love to know how that advances now in the next few years. Uh, If actually anything comes of that. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what it is because I know they are using uh, they're using trialing other drugs like LSD and MDMA when it comes to other mental health issues, other addictions, um, and because there used to be back in the sixties and seventies a huge move towards using psychedelics to treat different uh, mental health disorders and mental health and mental illnesses, and then they cracked down during the seventies when they got sick of the uh, the what was it the swinging sixties and the free love sixties movement. Um, and they're like, no, 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 none of that now. So all of the psychedelics and the research into psychedelics on mental health issues kind of just stopped and it's kind of returning now. But there you go. Sheep are taking ketamine and they're getting their brains turned off. If you see anything that we may have uh, missed from the old world of science and tech and uh, you, you think we should give a shout out to or give a mention to next week on Control or Delete, let us know. 87 104 FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. A lot of talk online this evening about the fact that pubs on the 29th of June will be allowed to reopen if they serve a, quote, substantial meal uh, and uh, costing no less than €9. Euro. So if your local uh, serves a meal and uh, the charges at least nine quid, apparently they'll be allowed to open and apparently there's going to be more guidelines released for your local pub in the next uh, in the next couple of days outlining not just that requirement but a few other ones because I was thinking if your pub <laughs> if your local just charged you nine quid for a pack of peanuts would you go in and just sit down and have a have a nine euro pack of peanuts and a pint? Do you know what I was thinking about this and the answer is yeah I would just to actually be in a pub again I would probably pay stupid money for a drink yeah, I know. I think a lot of people would, but um, unfortunately as well, it kind of goes on. Food offerings will require to be a substantial meal, and that's just the phrase, a substantial meal as apparently outlined in the Intoxicating Liquor Act of 1962. So let me quote, The meal is such as might be expected to be served as a main midday or an evening meal or as a main course in either such meal. So currently... If uh, your pub does serve food and peanuts are not, or bacon fries are not on the afternoon entree, I don't think your local will get away with charging uh, money for that. And also, uh, Tony Hillen also said, a few people getting together for a few pints and a packet of peanuts doesn't constitute a restaurant. Uh, Come on, Tony. Please. Please. I thought it would. I thought maybe if you bought maybe 10 packets of peanuts, that would uh, be okay. You know, if you were sitting around with a few friends. But like a loophole, right? A loophole, you could, I'm trying, maybe not, right? But here would be a loophole. A substantial meal, if you broke it down to like the calorie content of a substantial meal, let's say is, should the meal be between like 600 and 1,000 calories, that's probably only like three packs of peanuts. So you could say this is a substantial meal. Yeah, it is. I mean, some people have peanuts for, for their dinner when they're uh, too busy. Yeah, and, and the other thing people are saying is that uh, if you just charge soup and a sandwich, like most places charge more than nine quid for soup and a sandwich anyway, or at least the guts of it. Yeah, some places do. You, you know, you could be 10, 11, 12 quid for soup and a sandwich. But apparently, uh, obviously, if you read kind of what it says in this, in this law, the, the Liquor Act, soup would not be served as a main 
midday or an evening oh, meal God or a main sake. course. You know what I mean? So it's no. not a main, that's a starter. We all know that's a starter now. By the way, does everybody have to get a main? Yeah, like, well, can you, you have to get a substantial meal, and yeah. then Can you just have your dinner and I'll just sit there and have my pint? No, no you would have to have a meal. You, yeah, because the restaurant licenses, you cannot serve you food unless you have a meal. Serve you drink without, without a Sorry, meal? Sorry, yeah. I yeah. Can't, we cannot serve you alcohol unless you have a, a substantial meal. But, so yeah, okay, if you go so into you, a restaurant, you, got your, you should be served. If you got your dinner, could you maybe yeah. stay for the night then? I, I presume so. But then again, I don't know if pubs are going to do that or how they're going to book in people if they're going to operate kind of like a restaurant. Yeah, it's very strange and very confusing. So it turns out now you won't, be, well. yeah, you won't be able to get um, a starter and get away with having a pint then. So it has to be something that would be on a main menu, on the main midday menu or main evening meal. Apparently it can't be a starter, so you can't get a Caesar salad and four Guinness. Um, it has to be a substantial meal, can't cost you less than nine quid as well. Um, and then that will allow them to be open on uh, 29th of June. A few more kind of rules coming in with regard to that as well. I just... Bar staff are going to have to obviously wear face masks. There'll be a lot of uh, those plastic sheets coming in at the counters, which is probably going to ruin the uh, atmosphere in a pub anyway. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Like, Mm, it's going to be so different. So, so different. So, fingers crossed. I'm dying to go back into a pub, but it's going to just be weird. Well, top of my list of things to do, go back and have a pint. Always drink responsibly uh, in the course. local. Visit drinkaware.ie, of course. So listen, um, more of those details out at the moment. So you ha- you're going to have to have a substantial meal. It can't be a starter, so it will not be able to be soup and a sandwich. And unfortunately, it cannot be... Uh, <laughs> it cannot be le peanuts. You know, it can't be a fancy bowl of peanuts. So as Tony Hill has said, a few people getting together for a few pints and a packet of peanuts does not constitute a restaurant has to be a substantial meal, has to cost at least nine quid, has to be from the mains and not a not a starter, unfortunately. So more of those details will be available um, up on fm104.e as well. And Eamon and Hazel and the rest of the news team, I'm sure will have all the details when they are released over the next couple of days. Still to come on the show, a gentleman believes that there should be 36 planets in our little galaxy that have alien intelligent life on them. How and why did he come up with that number? Does he think you and I will be encountering aliens sooner rather than later who knows he'll be on the way next FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon Cormac and Sir Shalon here in FM 104 get this for a <laughs> an amazing text in right a friend has booked a hotel break in a fairly top hotel and we're told they have to bring their own bed linen and towels and can only have two drinks in the bar and two with a meal what? Is that in I, Ireland? Is, is this true now? This, this is in Ireland. So a top hotel here now. If anyone else has booked a hotel away, have you heard anything like this or is this kind of a, a one-off? I, I, I can't... I can't believe own, that. I find it very, very hard to believe. I can't even put on my own bed sheets. You know, when you go to a hotel, that's what you really want to see. Nice bed linen on, on the bed. Usually you can't even get into the, the blanket because it's, it's so, tucked in so yeah. lovely. Yeah. And you're telling me I have to bring my own and make my own bed and then pay for that? No. Is, is that true now to the person who texted that in? And has anyone, uh, like either one, booked a trip away in, in Ireland over the next couple of weeks or a couple of months back when everything reopens? Because I know obviously they're going to have to have mad stuff. But is that true now or is that kind of... Now, yeah. I have heard that they're getting rid of buffets in uh, hotels yeah. so you can't have a buffet breakfast, which is really sad. 
that was my favourite thing. I know, I know. You know, you get up, you have your cornflakes, and then you come sit back down again, you get yeah. back up, and you have a fry, and then you sit back and down. And so many hotels are, are, are completely, their breakfast buffet things is the, not one of the main attractions, but it's a big part of their yeah. setup and a big part of how they do what they do. Hugely. So, like, I thought that was kind of the extent of it. And I did hear something about jacuzzis and hot tubs and stuff like that, that they may not be in use in, like, you know, the pool area, uh, yeah. which is fair enough. But bring your own towels and bed sheets. That would mean that you have to actually spend a weekend cleaning to bring away your, your stuff. <laughs> You're going away. How was your, how was your quiet weekend away? Well, I didn't get through any of the washing. I had to bring my own bed sheets. Uh, Hoover yeah. that place as well. Uh, I don't know. You know I, I'd, I'm not sure if I believe that 100% at all. So I'd have to see if anyone else has heard yeah. anything similar about going away. Do let us know. Um, if you work in a hotel, can you let us know what are some of the uh, kind of guidelines or restrictions or the things that you, you have had to do to be allowed to, to, to reopen? And the sooner this thing can just piss off. I know. Seriously. Uh, the better. Yeah. Because that would, so, just be, that would just be horrific. Oh, my God. That can't be true. Yeah, so but then you wouldn't be allowed to use the shower or the bath or anything else because someone else would have used it. Yeah, I know. So, listen, a, a bit awkward. Uh, let us know if you've heard or come across anything similar. But apparently, according to one texter, that's, uh, that's the situation at the moment. So, I, 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 hope, I hope it's a joke. I know hotels have to do a hell of a lot to try and get back on their feet, but I do hope that is a joke. Coming next on the show, by the way, um, if you're into aliens... Uh, Proper, I'm going to say, researchers over the University in Nottingham have calculated that there should be about 36 other planets in our solar system that harbour intelligent alien life. Not just goop on the side of a rock, but intelligent alien life that should be able to send signals, receive signals, do space exploration and travel. So will you be finding, or will you be finally getting to meet E.T. sooner rather than later? We'll be talking about that next here in FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Oh, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. Do you believe that aliens exist somewhere in our universe? And do you think in your lifetime you're going to actually get the news? You're going to switch on the news one day and they'll finally come out and go, all right, lads, aliens, they exist. Happy days. I told you that all I ever want in life for the rest of my life is to fall in love with an alien. And I know that sounds crazy and that sounds a little bit batshit, you know, but it's a little true. bit, yeah. Uh, like, honestly, I have not had success. Listen, I guarantee alien humans. men are probably just as stupid, messed up <laughs> as, as uh, human men are. It'll just be a universal thing throughout the whole galaxy and universe. Possibly, yeah. But look, it's worth a try, isn't it? Something different, <laughs> something new. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I, f- I feel like there's been enough kind of studies done to uh, detect some kind of life outside of Earth. There, there has been a hell of a lot of uh, research done and the only problem is that we've never, as of yet, um, found any definitive evidence for aliens. Now, unless obviously you believe that they're just, you know, hiding the aliens from us and that they're already here amongst us. But according to all of the research that's been published, there has been zero signs of alien life as of yet. But there should be a significant amount of uh, alien life forms that are even just within our galaxy, in our neighbourhood. Um, and a team over at the University of Nottingham has been looking into how many, how, many, how many alien life forms should there be and could we expect to find within the uh, observable galaxy and maybe in the universe as well. They actually did a proper study looking into this. this. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about it, uh, Professor Christopher Constellis. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're always interested to uh, hear 
uh, you know, smart, educated, interested people like yourself on the topic of aliens. So what was your research looking into and um, what did it kind of find? Well, we, we tried to answer the question of, of how many communicating intelligent species there might be throughout the galaxy. So it's not how many we detected, but how many there might be based on some very simple assumptions about how life like that could form throughout our galaxy. So we took those assumptions, which is basically that, that the star lasts or lives for about 5 billion years and has the right composition and is the right orbit around its star and has the right kind of, let's say, elements like carbon and hydrogen mm. and oxygen, that it would naturally form life and then naturally form over billions of years intelligent life that could communicate. So that's really kind of what we did. How likely is it that we humans will come across this in our lifetime or come across anything? Detecting life is a big question, right? So we would, we would love to be able to do that. And people have been looking for 60 years seriously. And every so often, uh, it gets even better and better. I think we might find life in the next 10, 15 years, but that'll be very simple life like, let's say, uh, plant life type things on, mm. on some star. But to find communicating intelligent life, I think, will be more difficult. And I would be pleasantly surprised if it happened during my lifetime. But eventually, I think we'll find some evidence for it somehow, and maybe in ways that we haven't even thought of yet. But I think it won't happen in my lifetime, no. Uh, okay, so, uh, Professor, then, um, how many, according to your research, how many alien life forms should we, could we expect to find hypothetically in our own galaxy and then maybe in, I know, probably a much bigger question, in the entire universe? Oh, well, the entire universe is a very uh, hard question to answer. So we know there's two trillion galaxies in the universe, and if we have a few dozen in our galaxy, then there would be easily trillions of potential life forms that are, that are communicating type uh, intelligence like ours throughout the universe. But those would be so far away that there's no chance at all that we could ever communicate with them. In fact, even ones in our own galaxy would be, the way we calculated, uh, about 20,000 light years away. And that would al al already be very far. It would take 20,000 years for us to even be able to communicate with them. And so, you know, if we send out an uh, email to them asking them, you know, what their favorite color is, it would take <laughs> us 20,000 years to get it to them and then 20,000 years for them to answer. So it would be 40,000 <laughs> years before we can even say hi. What's the most interesting thing you found while you've been uh, studying? Well, I thought that we would, we would find the calculation would give us very little, like one or two civilizations. I was surprised it was 36 because we some pretty pessimistic assumptions. So it looks like that is the most surprising thing because I wasn't expecting that. I was pretty pessimistic going in. I'm more optimistic now. But that, I would say, was the most surprising thing that we found. How did you or do you define an intelligent alien life form? Yeah, that's a good question. So in our study, an intelligent communicating life form is one that is emitting radio waves or some kind of radiation into space that can be detected. So before 100 years ago, humans on Earth we weren't technologically, say, advanced enough such that we would be able to emit anything into space. We were just, you know, working with materials and building houses, but we weren't doing, like, uh, radar or television or radio. And when all that was invented in the late 19th uh, century, then you had a, a huge progression in, in that kind of, of emission of, of light and electromagnetic radiation going into space. And that can be potentially detected, however... We've only been doing that for about 100 years or so, so that is only 100 light years away from us. The only thing that potentially exists within 100 light years would even have seen it yet. But most likely, there's nothing within 100 light years from us that could detect those signals. So we'll have to wait for a very long time for those signals to transfer throughout the galaxy before any kind of civilization might be able to detect us. Do you ever just think maybe they don't want to be found? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, on Earth also, people have discussed this, that we should be very quiet and should, shouldn't transmit our existence outwards. There was, was a uh, one time uh, some astronomer sent out a big signal to a star cluster a few decades ago um, to be detected by them, and it was very controversial. People thought, why are we doing this? What if these aliens come and, come <laughs> and land and eat us or something? Um, and, you know, it wasn't appreciated by everyone do that. So it's something that's definitely possible. But this might sound like it may be a, a stupid or a dumb question, right? But why the presumption that other technologies will use things like, you know, radio waves or or uh, different kind of technologies like that that we're using? Like, is there, is there a chance that they would be communicating with something completely different that we haven't even heard of yet? Well, that would be remarkable. I mean, there, there's always new things and signs to be found. But as far as we know, the way that you can communicate is through electromagnetic radiation. So, I mean, you can use, what else, other things do we have? We have air, we have voice, but that won't travel into space. You know, you can have like uh, you know, smoke signals or something, mm. but that obviously doesn't go into space. So the only thing that we know of that communicates information through space is electromagnetic radiation. Of course, you have you can have particles like uh, neutrinos and stuff, but those are very hard to say make a signal out of that can be useful as far as we can tell. So beyond particles and, say, photons, which is electromagnetic radiation, there's nothing we know of that can be be used to communicate. And just, is there any kind of indication that what's out there could be very dangerous to to us? No, no, no. We don't know of anything out there. So there's no no need to be to be worried or concerned. There's there's no nothing to indicate that that there's any any risk by looking for extraterrestrial civilizations. If we do find one, it would be very far away. And, you know, they may not be interested in coming to us anyway. So I don't think that's something that people need to worry about. We have plenty of other things to worry about right now. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Because yeah, they're probably looking at us 2020 and kind of going, I think we'll leave it this year, honey. We were going to go yeah, to Earth, right. but the place is, uh, there's a pandemic and they're on fire everywhere. So we're just going <laughs> to... But wouldn't yeah. that just be the icing on the cake? <laughs> the aliens just come yeah, right. and just take over and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, like, lads, you are in bits. You don't know what's going on. It, it's our uh, it's our shop from here yeah. on out. God. So, um, in, we'll if... Give it to them. Yeah. We're just like, here, listen, I think you could do a slightly yeah, better job than over, what we're doing over. here at the moment. If you, if we did discover an intelligent alien life here on Earth, what do you think the impact would be, like, socially for humanity? I think it would be a really big deal. I think it would change the way a lot of people think about where they come from, about our origins, and even about where, where we're going in terms of the species. Because one of the things we talk about in my, my study is that by looking for these extraterrestrial communicating civilizations, we're actually getting an idea of how long we might last as civilization, simply because if other aliens can survive for a very long period of time, that's a good signal that they've mastered the way to have very high technology without destroying themselves, which is a risk that we are in you know, currently with humanity and will continue to be for the rest of our existence. So if we found that aliens could actually survive being technologically advanced, for say thousands of years, millions of years, that would be a good sign that we might actually be able to do the same thing. I hope it does happen, and I hope we do meet them, and I hope that we're living as one big happy family <laughs> within my lifetime. That well, is no, the goal. Uh, 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 I, I think what would happen if we found alien life is that uh, all of humanity would come together to package up <laughs> its racism and bigotry towards an alien species. We'd be like, "Yay, we all love each other," but now we hate them. And uh, at yeah, least that would well, be at least that would be off planet, and they'd probably have bigger weapons anyway to sort it out. But listen, it's fascinating research and fingers crossed, maybe we'll start to see something over the next couple of uh, years and who knows, we might be getting a, a radio signal from a dodgy reality television show 
uh, from an, an alien <laughs> planet that aired a few thousand years ago. But uh, listen, Professor Christopher Consolis, thanks a million for popping on. And uh, listen, if you ever do yeah, come no across problem. aliens, give us a shout. Yeah, we'll do. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.